0: Welcome to the What Do You Do Show, a podcast where we explore paths to success, one guest at a time. I'm your host Shagun and today we are diving headfirst into the dynamic world of sports management. Now when we talk about sports management, maybe you're reminded of you know the movie Jerry Maguire, moments from it, the locker room pep talks straight out of a Hollywood blockbuster. But there's so much more to it than that. And today, we are peeling back the curtain and going behind the game with an exceptional sports management professional, Akshay Rajpurohit. With over three years of hands-on experience in the sports realm, Akshay has worn multiple hats, from operations to partnerships and even regulatory roles in the realm of football an alumnus of the prestigious FIFA Masters Programme and having worked directly with FIFA as well, Akshay is about to take us on an exciting journey through the world of sports management. So, whether you're a die-hard sports fan, casual observer of the game, or simply someone who is intrigued by the magic that happens off the field, you're in for a treat. Get ready to be inspired and entertained.
1: Yeah, uh, I figured out the name of your show, Bye, uh, yeah. so, uh, I'm a sports lawyer as of now, uh, I've done Law and then I've done Masters in Sports which is not a specific Law Masters but it's a general sports master okay. and uh, it turned out to be that currently I'm doing sports law but I've wore many hats so I've done operations in sports, a bit of uh, management in sports and currently I'm into legal aspect of sports so governance and disciplinary matters uh, and football to be more specific. Okay. And yeah, currently I'm working with the Asian Football Confederation as a legal counsel uh, in integrity, in governance and disciplinary uh, in football. So, AFC is an organization which is a confederation, uh, has 47 member associations, we call it, uh, it's countries, 47 countries, has mm-hmm. a confederation that governs those countries in terms of football, uh, just like FIFA is for the world. So, we are like uh, Asian football confederation. Uh, that's what
0: it is. And it's based in Kuala Lumpur. Uh, okay. So, here. Oh, wow. That's a very interesting role, something that I don't think a lot of us hear every day. Even when we talk about the sports industry, either you are a sportsman or you're a coach, but being in the sports management and especially sports law space is something very new. So, I'll start with how did law happen to you? Did you choose that degree or career by choice? or? Life led you to it?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, firstly, I get this question a lot that I mean, you're working in sports, uh, and how did you come up with it? Uh, but yeah, so law, I mean, I had science in my 11th and 12th standard, uh, which of course leads to engineering, like a next step, science, math. Uh, but I had no interest in engineering at all. My dad is a lawyer, so the very next I mean, choice for me was law. So I just said, I'll do law. And I mean, I mean, you can never know whether you're going to be good at law or not until you do it. So at that point, centered, if you ask, you want to do law uh, from away from engineering, anything is good. Uh, so <laughs> law was a very good option. Career by elimination head. it is. <laughs> yeah. But at being a lawyer, pretty good. Uh, I got Simbi, Simbaidhas Law School, Pune. There was a good college so good college, yeah. I mean, yeah I didn't think twice so I just went there and that's how law happened but by back then in that period sports was never the subject you know it was law in general like how you do it. Yes. Uh yes. So that's how law happened and then sports followed up I mean subsequently about it. But for how law that, that was happen?
0: How Did that happen? How did you were you always interested in the industry and wanted to do something with it? And how did you, in the first place, get to know that you know you can build a career in sports law and sports management or sports consulting?
1: Yeah, uh, so look, uh, of course, I was always interested in sports. I mean, cricket, the most obvious choice. Uh, uh so I was always a cricket fan, I used to play cricket a lot but then i mean back then as kids you never think of working in cricket like a administrator you know just think of a player or coach yeah Mm -hmm. maybe there was a bit of a point where i was interested so as a committee we used to organize sports in universities then we used to have our small sports events also where other universities and that used to go uh, I mean, the year round. So that was one of the things I used to be busy with in university apart from law. And it was quite interesting. I mean, how you organize events, how you organize competitions, football and other things. So that thing, I think somewhere hit me, even though at, in law, while doing law, I never thought of it. Yeah. But that time law was something coming up. So yeah, you always had interest. Like there is a law firm called Nandan Kama, uh, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, Though, so I think in sports, this was the first sports law firm. And Nandan okay. Kamath was the first sports lawyer, generally, I mean, in India, where everyone knew about it. Uh, so that back in, and was 11, 12, uh, I was like, oh, Nandan Kamat, that's cool, sports law is cool. But then you don't have much resources, you don't have much, uh, much of your colleagues talking about it, much of your friends talking about it. So you never take interest right. quite specifically. Yeah. Very niche. Uh, that's that I never paid attention to it so but when I finished law that's when I started thinking now what I mean I got a job in media law firm media was something good a bit of interest but then the moment I joined media law firm I realized that no I mean maybe this is the time to think something about sports and then I kept applying 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 because yeah that I think first month of my media law firm job I decided that yeah fine if I do something then let's do sports okay. and back then it was twenty sixteen back then. So yeah. by the bit of word of sports going around, also in general, okay. like uh, it was getting a bit mature. I mean, let's say not mature. Also, there were words, whispers of sports as an industry, and that was quite exciting. So that's when I said, like, "Let me, let me try at least. I mean, I can have media firm job by my side and keep trying for sports." And I, I think I tried a lot uh just not sports law firm but any football club any cricket club anything that would take me into it it doesn't have to be law specific and i was more happy being a manager also in sport and in a in a club or in a sports organization so yeah that was the seeds of sports how it happened to me
0: That's nice. I mean, you actively pursued it in some way or the other because you saw what was not fitting for you in the media law firm job and you decided that I need to do something different. Although it must have been scary choosing a niche field. I mean, a field that is not spoken of much, but you see scope in. So there is a lot of uh, leap of faith that you took there.
1: Yeah, of course, I had to, I mean... Uh, I could be sitting on a laptop and just you know cursing my life in uh, media locker every day, or I could be trying uh, two right. options with me. Yeah, yes. and I I mean that way, if I want if I want to try, I'll I'll try my best. I mean I I would don't give it so easily until unless I think that I've done my best. So I think I sent out some hundred fifty cover letters, CVs. So oh, it was my. quite. A lot I used it every day, two hours, dedicatedly. Uh. Maybe not dedicatedly for a media law firm, but for my sports thing. <laughs> only the two hours was fixed. And I used to take, it was, took me a month to figure out, find people to find email IDs for the LinkedIn messages and number of messages. Yeah. Uh, Fixing so how to send the right message also, you know, not spamming them. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Right and kind then of also, emailing.
1: Yeah, uh, because, I mean, when you pass out of the universities, you don't really... Have a as template, also, yeah. You know, as a job, I mean, I'm now i have been five or six years, seven years in a job. So now I know how to approach someone that maybe this would the right way. If yeah. Someone messages me now on LinkedIn, I would also prefer a certain way to approach me. It's not like a spamming of the thing.
0: Absolutely. So yeah, it took me a while
1: to you know have this uh figuring out, have this hit and miss things. But then I think a club called Minova Punjab,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, it's. It took me a lot of things, but they had the match in Mumbai that time. I was working in Mumbai. Okay, someone just connected to me then. Okay, they were their football club, they got promoted to I League, which was back then the first year league in mm-hmm. football in India. Now it's ISL, it's a whole different story, but yeah. Uh, I got connected to them. The owner invited me to the football match to watch. Uh, and to speak out there, so I went there, and they were like, "Yeah, we also got promoted to I League. So, only we need someone who can manage the club now. Who would you would need someone who's legal, but also something with the managerial?" Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the moment you get a job after one hundred and fifty applications, you really don't think whether it's you know <laughs> right, not wrong, what it is about. You take it, and it was first year league uh, in football. So yeah, I just took it. I mean. I said, yeah, I'll come, and they had the academy in Mohali. Uh, it's, yeah, Fantastic. So uh, yeah, it's outskirts of Chandigarh. Uh, I mean, yeah, I was, I was like, okay, let me just go there. At least something different would be what worse can come. I mean, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Then probably I go back. Uh, I practice, I do something. But yeah, I mean, back then, 24, 25, you've had a lot of time also to think, if it doesn't work out, doesn't work out. It's okay. Let me try. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I took, the, I took the job. I mean, as a it was sports manager, operations manager.
0: Okay. And I took
1: it without a doubt. Uh, I said, I'm going to join within a month or two. I resigned from my law firm. And joined uh, there. I joined there. Yeah. And so, I mean, that was...
0: Yeah. yeah. So, what does sports management or operations mean on the ground? Like, if you had to explain it to somebody who has no clue on what other... Job responsibilities or the job description of a sports manager or a consultant because that legal is a whole different space which we will talk about in detail. But what is the sports management and consulting industry
1: about? What does one do there? I mean, yeah, I would take me a whole day if I to explain, <laughs> but I'll surprise you. Uh, what does it do? So, sportsman is basically a person or uh, any individual who can you know do something let's say on the ground which would be ticketing which would be marketing okay. uh so anything the fan sees the, how the fan goes to an event when the first thing he does is buy the ticket yes how what, what are tickets how they're done how they're printed how what um, uh, rate they need to be sold on uh mm-hmm. how the stadium to be managed how the security needs to be done at the stadium mm-hmm. you know how the stands needs to be there uh how the emergency evacuation for the stadiums needs to be there how players dressing room needs to be there how medical emergency needs to be maintained as well how pet should be okay you know how fans should get a best best experience so that that comes into light i mean like event it's just like a marriage i would say yeah i was going to say that it's like event management end to end of things yeah Yeah, when people ask me that the closest i can think is a marriage just think it's a marriage. And just think, you know, it's it's your brothers or sisters wedding, and how involved you would be. It's mm-hmm. everything that until until that event takes place. So until you like the, when the event takes place, you don't realize because at that time you just, everything is going around. So before that, you realize what you're doing, and after it finishes, then you realize what you've done. But until then, like everything that goes around, you know, it would be just small small things taking care of your sponsors. You know, uh, giving them tickets, uh, giving them branding in the stadium, out of the stadium, social media for the teams, then, you know, having team meetings, having team press conferences, uh, then how the fans are going to come, which gates are going to be utilized, how they're going to go out, in between anything happens and how we can handle that, uh, how the officials, match officials are going to come in, how they're going to go out, everything, how the players need training would be done before the match where it will be done, what they're going to wear, how they're going to wear it. each And everything has regulations also. it's, it's Then legal thing comes into it. Like stadium security would have regulations. Like players dressing would have regulations. Like sponsors branding would have regulations. Everything is controlled. Okay. It's not like you want to put a sponsor's board, you can just put it right there. No. Right. That would also have regulations about it that you can do this much, you can do that much. Uh, pitch has to be as for the regulations. So everything is counted on. So it's not like if you made a mistake and now uh, doesn't matter. No, then you're going to be fined. You're going to be charged, whatever it is. So yeah. it's a sad thing. And you don't realize until you do it. Uh, it's a crazy different scenario. I mean, you don't sleep uh, because matches next day. Uh, you're going on how things would happen. I mean, you don't want to miss a small thing also. Like, suppose you met peers' dresses sometimes. I mean, sometimes you met, miss the accreditation cards. So, I mean, and the smallest thing needs to be taken care of. Their peers' accreditation card needs to be taken care of how fans, which stands are going to sit, what tickets they're going to be, that needs to be taken care of. You can't do like small printing mistakes, those mistakes. If a press conference is happening, you need to make sure that how media is going to come in, uh, how they're going to be speaking, where they're going to be speaking about it. Uh, is the player available, is the coach available for that media conferences?
0: And is so, there yeah, management I mean, of the sports, I mean, the players as well? Uh, uh,
1: like- so, as a, it depends. So now... This is, I'm talking about perspective of a sports club. Okay. You know? mm. Then, how you talk about sports consultancy? Yes. Uh, that also, of course, services like marketing, player management. So, there could be players' managers as well.
0: Okay. But when it
1: comes to the event, they are not responsible. They're
0: not responsible. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, yeah, the, I mean, player or managers are only responsible when, let's say, the players' contact has to be renewed. Sometimes the player is not getting playing time. That's why they're going to be involved. Sometimes uh, if there's some uh, some controversy surrounding the player, so they would come into the picture. So on those things, but on the match days, on the event days, yeah, of course they get access and they get all the positive, but they're not involved on how the things are going on in the process of it. Okay. Uh then sports consultancies like marketing and those, they can be involved for your social media things. They can, mm-hmm. you know, can give a marketing let's say sports consultancy so they would try and come up with social media campaigns for instagram for twitter for facebook differently and how they're going to market it how they're going to capture your sponsors branding over it uh that's a lot over of skills
0: it. that one needs to learn right i mean uh yeah. it's like doing an mba and you did your fifa masters so i did that degree prepare you for on the job work that Important. you're doing
1: currently yeah sort of an MBA, just, just like it. So that's, that's, uh, so my FIFA master's degree in uh, a program that I definitely nice. vouch for. Uh, wow. When I was at Minerva, I think we I was there for 18, 19 months and okay. we won the by then. So I was thinking of my next steps now because we won the league. I had a good experience, but if I want to be professional in sports, I really need to do something more than my law degree. And, uh, and I think I believe in education that you, I mean, of course, some people and depends on people, but if you have education, you sort of have a theoretical concepts of things and then practical uh, concepts take place or practical events take place. Uh, And I like it that way. Sometimes it teaches you, but if you have opportunity to learn about things theoretically, you learn as well. You have submitted that, very
0: great assignments. I was reading upon them on the uh, player uh, transfer salary compensation and all of that. Yes. And detailed yeah. papers as well that you've co-published maybe with people in at your. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. We
1: yeah. did on on sports uh, in minor sports how smaller sports can you know generate revenue with not much audiences. Uh, so yeah, I mean because FIFA Masters was a program which is combination of. Sports management, humanities, and law. Yes. And it takes beautiful blend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. It's really beautiful. So that's what I want to do. I didn't want to do something specific to law. Yes. Uh, I, I touch upon different areas of sports. Even though it sounds FIFA Masters, but it's not very football specific program. Okay. It's a generic yes. sports. Uh, FIFA is, I think, one of their sponsors. Uh which, I mean, pushes the course or give some grants towards it. And that's why it's called FIFA 4 masters uh, While the course is run by three universities. Yeah. So it's uh, it's England. one in Leicester. Yeah, so it's in England and Yeah, it's one in Leicester, which teaches about humanities, how sports came up, how it evolved, all the sports. And the unique thing about this course is that you get to learn everything on a practical basis, on the people who've been working on in their roles. So we, met, we went to like Premier League clubs like City, United. We went to like Wimbledon. Uh, so we went to wow. different, we went to the match. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was a good thing about it. Of course, that you go there, you learn from people who work there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they present you. They give you things, how things are going on. For the lectures also, most of the faculties that come, they come from outside. So they are working inside the clubs, organization, consultancy, law firm, whatever it is. So Leicester was more of a humanity, some sports came up. It's more about football also, like UK is a big hub. Football, I mean, UK is, I would say, is football, uh, tennis, cricket, uh, almost everything. So we learned uh, from people from there. Then we went more to Milan, which Italy, uh, SDA Bocconi. It's a good management school. It's, I think it's very known for MBA and other stuff. Uh, that's where we learn about business and management of sports. Uh, that's where, I mean, again, it's safe from all practi- all different, different faculties who are working in organization like Formula One, like uh, volleyball, like football again. Uh, and football, if you learn lo- if you studying in Europe, football would be a constant for you. Uh okay. and just look at if you're gonna be doing a course in India. I mean. That's, that's where you can build upon joys. So, football was content in Europe. Uh, and Italy was quite interesting because that's where we learned the concepts on management, on business, you know, uh, how marketing is done, how sales is done, how branding is done, how, I mean, uh, ticketing is done, all those stuff, how clubs do it actually, how, I mean, clubs managers who are into branding, marketing, they come and speak to you, they share their experiences. And that's what I think helped us. The last module was, uh, it's a university of Neuchatel, small French town in Switzerland, uh, French-speaking town, let me correct, uh, which is more on sports legal. That's where you touched upon sports legal aspect. And Switzerland is a hub of sports organization. It has IOC, it has FIFA, it it has FIPA, it has volleyball. Everything is there. All the sports organizations are there. Their headquarters are there. So that's where we went to FIFA, we went to UEFA, uh, uh, European Football Confederation, uh, we went to football, we went to uh, uh, basketball. So we, we I think, uh, then IOC, we went for Olympics uh, and it was pretty good. I enjoyed thoroughly. It's more of sports law. So they teach you about how sports context works, how sports concepts are there. And I would like to say here that sports law is similar to normal law. I mean similar so, on some, aspect in some aspects of it and some aspects more uh, focused in different different sports.
0: Yeah. In football, you learned Indian law, right? And you're talking about 49 countries or a confederation, which are very yeah. different. So does one have to specialize in other degrees also or does Indian law suffice for the work that you do? Or are you... I think
1: law suffice for the work I it's do. Uh, because, I mean, yeah, of course we cannot learn 49 countries, 47 countries, 47 exactly. countries. Uh so well, in that, however, football is very specific. We have our own regulations as confederations. Okay. Uh, we have our own rules, we have our own rules, and which are applied uniformly to all the countries. If our competitions are taking place, doesn't matter India, or let's say UAE, or Malaysia, Singapore, anyone's participating, they would be subject to same rules and regulations, and which is very specific to football. Uh, which is either made by us like AFC or derived from FIFA. Uh, and we try and have that same regulations in ambits in different countries also at their national level for national competition. So it's like a uh, flowing uh, thing of regulations or all the specs of football in general. It starts with FIFA and comes to, it's like a trickle down, comes to AFC, then comes to member associations, but very specific. So you don't need to learn actually different kinds of law. But if you if you know your regulations in football, you pretty much, you can go anywhere in the world and okay. post football okay. That's what. Then, I mean, for other sports, I would say, sports law is a bit generic. So every sport would have their own regulations. That's specific. But apart from that, let's say player contracts. Now that could be a bit generic that I could, if I learned in football, I could apply same cricket. I can apply same in tennis, of course some particularities would be different but the concept uh, the outline would be same mm-hmm. and that's the basic aspect of it okay. uh, yeah I mean, we don't generally take disputes to the courts apart, I mean, apart from sometimes parties do that, but really generally, generally as sports bodies we have our own uh, commission, uh, own, uh, committees for that to handle disputes.
0: Okay. And, um, uh, what prerequisites does one need to have to join the FIFA master's course? Is it something that do you have to submit a portfolio of sorts? Or do you need to have a background? How does one go about the application process? Is it, is it, is it very easy or do very few people get in?
1: No, so I would say, I mean, definitely it's not very easy. Yeah. In a year, they take 28 to 30, okay. uh, and all over the world. So, when I joined, I think we had 28, and our 28 we were from dif- 22 countries, so it's mm-hmm. a very multicultural course. Uh, so I mean, everyone from different countries could take their way. Uh, but so what you need, I think, essentially, they look as the experience in sports, though it's not meant but they would prefer. Secondly, they would prefer someone who does not have sports experience, but has experience in other fields. So that definitely, yeah, I think the average age intake is 27, 28. Uh, So they would like someone to have experience in their job or in sports. Uh, They do give chances to people who have not worked in sports, but would really like to work in sports. Uh, There's an application form that's where you have to write articles, You explain yourself. Where you come from how would you fit in the course what can you give to the course what can you expect from the course uh of course you show why you want to do this course why you want to come in sports and maybe this course in particular yes uh, so yeah that's that's prerequisite they have application then they have uh pre-screening then they have interview and then the final uh because they're taking audio. the
0: cream of the audience i mean if they're choosing only 20 yeah. to 30 globally from people across so many countries it has to be uh, the best of the
1: crowd yeah yeah i mean i had i had friends who were not from sports industry but then they had experience of four or five years in different industries and they were able to showcase and why they want to come switch to sports now so okay. I mean, sports is essentially managing people, managing events. So you don't really have to be uh experienced in sports. If you know how to handle people, if you know how to manage events, how to handle situations, uh, how to work under pressure, or stress. And if you can put that out on a paper in an interview, then I think you're very well worth it to come and have the course and join the course. Yeah.
0: Okay. So which one, which part of your job is the most favorite? Like, you've done your management, you've done your operations, you're now into sports legal. Which is it that you enjoyed the most?
1: I mean, no, look, uh, I can't take sides. I'm working legal now. (laughs) Uh, I would say, of course, uh, operations sometimes seems more interesting. Okay. Because it's on the go. because it runs, everything runs, clock to clock, event by event. Uh, You you are actually putting up the show, uh, not on the field, but outside the field. On the field, it's your players, but everything apart from that, you taking care of it. So you move, go to guy, you move, uh, you know everything about it, like small, small stuff. Uh, but sometimes then it could become uh, hectic, too hectic. much for you. Uh, probably then you want something less, like more involved into it, but not every day. Uh, so I mean, yeah, operations is some, some thing I enjoyed back in Minerva. Mm-hmm. Then I did legal. I was, um, think I'm very happy here also. Uh, that's where you see the disputes, how a player has yes, there's some, something wrong, how things would be handled, what regulations are there to be done. Uh, not just players, fans, misbehavior of fans, misbehavior of players, spectators, uh, match officials. So everything for them, you look into it. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, I mean, so one thing about legal is you might not be able to get a chance to go and meet the players but over a period of time when you work in sports you don't really desire that uh, that's one you started with that but then you don't really desire because you're professional now you can be working that's your job is not to go and have a chat with them because at sometimes you're going to be posing them you know when we take cases we might not be in favor of them we might be in favor of them whatever it is but that's very professional then and at that point I think you pretty much uh don't are not really a fan of it when you work in sports yeah wow, you've evolved just,
0: you've grown beyond it
1: yeah i think uh we everyone does everyone. Uh, yeah everyone does it it's you have to be professional uh at some point you even started thinking that fine now i cannot be a fan i would be in this or this area so yeah
0: i wanted to know with six to seven years of industry experience under your belt and everyone grows and evolves as they, you know, begin their corporate career or their careers, which was that one skill that you were not very good at, but you learned on the job or maybe through conflicts and crisis and you made yourself better at. Uh,
1: I would say time management. Okay. Uh, and properly communicating with people. Okay. No, time management is, uh, Because you're going to be multitasking especially in sports. Uh, maybe in legal now, I'm doing less, but earlier in management operations, I was always multitasking. So you need a good time management. Yeah, I mean, you cannot screw up things, especially leading up to an event, leading up to a 50,000 people match. I mean, you, you cannot tell your security. I mean, if you forget to tell your security, open the gate at 3.30, and then you be somewhere in a meeting, then you would never be able to communicate to them. So, I mean, it has to be everything you organize well. You have... Uh, people work done before or you have your notes on it if you can't remember on, much.
0: on your toes always
1: on your toes always place. yeah it it has to be This job would keep you on your toes no doubt about it anything I mean it's because it's something which people love and admire fans love and admire so they're going to be watching you as well like when we take up cases in the league also uh, whether the player would be banned in the next match or not if he does something wrong I mean you're going to be watched even though, I mean, it shouldn't matter to you, but somewhere you would be conscious that I will do my work properly, my job properly, uh, as much uh, with as much uh, hard work, as much uh, uh, patience, as much as much knowledge, experience I can have it, I need to do it properly uh, to make sure that nothing goes wrong or nothing is unfair. Uh, I think the term would be unfair to them. Yeah. So that's the thing, because you're not just catering to. Like carpet, you're catering to an audience who loves these things or yes. loves sports. So that's where it gets a bit tricky. And that's where you enjoy also
0: mm-hmm. because you're not
1: catering to people, uh, yeah. to players. Yeah.
0: And there's a stark difference when, when we, the second we started talking about, you've been talking about fans and enhancing their experience versus. You know, being crazy about sport players. That is what the norm is. And you have constantly said that, that how can I enhance that experience for them? So what are some ways that you have learned is retains the audience or brings them back to your game or to the sport or the stadium? And what is it that you have done consciously to make sure that they feel uh, acknowledged, heard, seen at every touch point of the game like from their entry to their exit
1: yeah because I think uh, uh, post-COVID we are all struggling now on how to get fans back to the stadium yes. uh, and covid it was a very new different concept that players are playing the match but no one is there to watch it at least on the venue right. uh, everything is uh, let's say online or visual and then the struggle was how to reach out to them. Because when they come into a stadium, you can organize events like every touch point, like ticket delivering could be more smoother. Like when they come to stadium, they can be handed a goodies or something, which you can you know put with the tickets. Uh, when they come, when they watch the match, at that time you can put on the seats, like a scarf, team jersey, anything that you want on the seats of them. Uh, some now the stadiums are also old, but when COVID was there, the struggle was how to reach them online, how to feel them part of the team online.
0: Yeah,
1: and that's where I think we evolved with the technology. Or uh, now, I mean, with we evolved in some sense. Now, Insta, Twitter has become a mode of communication. I yes. mean, if anyone wants to be heard, you ask. You do a poll on Twitter, and actually yeah. hear the fans out. You know, and that's interesting because if I say yes to something, I feel a part of it. If I see so, like. Does this player want to play next match, should play next match, or should continue? Uh, What do you feel? Should we change something? They feel a part of it then. The important thing for sports clubs to realise is they should make fans a part of their club. Uh, Yeah, it's like a family. And at every step, they should be in it. Uh, They should be as close to the players as possible. Mm -hmm. While uh, while respecting the players' privacy. But they should, every touch point should be that, ah, okay, fine. This player, this player, yeah, yeah there's, there's a, let's say it's a birthday for a fan and who's been constantly supporting for the past two, three years. A small message to him can go out. Uh, at Minerva, we used to do a quite a lot, like small messages, like jerseys, scarves to the to the fans, you know, who comes for your special events uh, or who've been a fan for a long time. We send these out and they used to be really happy. Because I mean, you can't. I mean, you can't give them money and make happy. These yeah. things. This point should be something which are more emotional, more connecting in nature. Yes. You know, you call at one point. You can call them and call them in dressing room. Like you can have a section of so. Like you can have different different things and different different stages. Uh, where you feel them as a part of the family, as part of the organization. At one match they can shadow you. At one match they can you know come to the dressing rooms. At one match they can you can have a small you know, five by five football before the match, somewhere half an hour, one hour before the match, uh, especially, I mean, I think in UK, uh, in England, the concept has much evolved and they start doing uh, not for the stadium, these events, but apart from the stadium, small, small venues, they start having this community and social gatherings where they have the small events for the kids. For the adults, like 5 by 5 uh, for the adults, then for the kids, they can have a small games which can keep them happy. And that's when you build a trust with, with the club. Once yes. you build a trust with the club, it happens automatically with the players also.
0: Mm-hmm. So sure. yeah, it's all about
1: yeah. trust. Yeah.
0: Very profound thought. So Akshay, after listening to you, one thing I infer is that you're pretty passionate about what you do and you have actively chosen a space where you align with and your values align with, what is your motivation to go back to work every day?
1: I mean, uh, so uh, this is one thing I would say here. When people say that, do a work where you don't feel Monday uh, and I would say, I mean, that's not exactly true. I mean, maybe now for me. I mean, you do feel, you do get tired of working, you do feel like oh, I have to go work. I mean, even though I like it, even though, but sometimes it's just that you need your time. You, it's Sometimes you just take it as like a work, it comes along. Uh, you cannot be taking like, you, you're playing a match every day. I mean, even players, they play, but sometimes they don't feel like going to training on Monday also, even though it's play for them. So yeah, I mean, it's, look, uh, this this uh, this notion, uh, for some people it might fit, but I think in general, that uh, you do a work where you don't feel Monday. No, I think at, at the end of it, it's work. Uh, you do get tired of it. Uh, even if you take a vacation for a month, 31st day or 30th day, you will be tired of it. You'll be like, okay, let me do something else now. You know, let me just not go every day out and just roam around. Let me, for a change, do something else. So it happens uh, to me also. But what keeps me motivated uh, is that when... It's sports ultimately. It's, it's something interesting. When I go back, I think I contribute. Uh, uh, I feel that I, I could, I mean, apart from all the fields, this is the field where I can do the best. Uh, my skills align, my values align, everything aligns towards it. Uh, and having done media, having done internships everywhere and in, in litigation, different corporate, this is where I feel uh, hope in terms of it. In, any, yeah, in terms of work, uh, when I go back to office, looking at the regulations, everything, it, sometimes it just hits me, oh fine, why it's not like this? I mean, I can question, I can improve, you know, uh, I feel connected to it. Yes. And the moment you have connection to it, yeah. I mean, certain times you would like to stay away, but ultimately it's connection, then you like it, you go back every day and you take up things where you left. Uh, and, it's, and it's all because, you feel somewhat attached to it, somewhat connected to it. Uh, and that's what keeps me uh, going. It, it's not like, oh, I meet players, so I do that. Oh, it's football. No, I mean, you connect to it. You, you like the uh, work that you do in the sense that you can improve, you can uh, improvise uh, uh, from a different perspective uh, than what you've done back in different, different areas, in different, different jobs.
0: Yes. I think places where we can... Create value or you know we know that we can add more to the table than what's already there I think that is where the motivation kicks in and that is why we want to go back and you know yes. deliver more yes.
1: value yeah so mean, certain days it might be like I might be feeling Monday as motivated as yes. probably yeah. on Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday and it's not because I love I don't love my job uh, it could be because it's just uh, then sometimes becomes a job you know, uh, and sometimes you just need to come in, yeah. So that's very normal, and that's when I people say, Oh, what keeps you going to job on a Monday? I mean, no, it's a job, so I go, I, I I like it, I do it. Sometimes I don't like it, it's part of it. So, I mean, yeah, and but the thing is, you need to be consistent with it, you need to be patient with it. And I think the moment you're consistent with something you do, that's where. Uh, all the things align, your values, your passion, everything comes along. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, working in sports, knowing players, I've seen they also, I mean, sometimes are not as motivated as when they started. And it's not because they don't love the sport. It's just because it's become kind of their work schedule. Yes. And they take it that way. So, I mean, it becomes it's, it's a very normal human concept. Mm-hmm. So now we see a lot of Insta Reels and those, uh, those things that keeps you like, presents life as an adventure for the whole journey? No, I mean, it has ups and downs. uh, And it's a part of it, yeah.
0: Yeah. I was watching this uh, Netflix documentary called The Work We Do. It's hosted by Barack Obama. And he is talking to people of different classes, like the middle class, the factory workers, and the rich. So when he's talking to this middle class uh, man who is now working for Aurora, who built self-driving cars, okay. And he has done a variety of different jobs before. And then he suddenly found this job at Aurora, which pays him good, gets him leaves, the lunch. And he's now able to afford a house of his own. But his passion is music. And Barak mm. says that you are doing all of these jobs to keep the music basement alive. He has a basement where he keeps his music thriving. And he says, yes, because everything I've started to do for a long period of time, I've started hating. And music is one thing I don't want to hate. (laughs) I still want to be connected to it. So which is why I will never make it my job. I'm going to do all of these nine to five things or keep them going so that I can come back to this basement and find my peace here. So, what job means to everyone is also very different. Like you very rightly said, right? I mean, it is not something that I'm. If even if I love my job, I'm not going to be at the top of my game every day. It's going to be yeah. a sinus. Yeah, it's going.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like a wave. Sometimes yeah, you go with it. Sometimes you you mean you don't go with it. It's okay. Only unless you're consistent with it, you're good.
0: Yeah. And I was thinking with FIFA, ACFs and such fancy names attached and the brands that you work with. uh, Are there any myths that you want to debunk for people who are on the outside of these things and may think that this is how things happen and this is what he must be doing? This is what a sports legal person must be responsible for and you want to give them the reality check.
1: No, I mean, yeah, of course, the first reality check is, oh, they meet players every day. No, we don't. I mean, at FIFA, at AFC, at both these places, we don't meet players every day. Oh, they must be going every day watching matches. No, we hardly watch matches. Uh, especially working in sports, working in football. I mean, we don't get time also to watch matches now. Earlier, we used to get times. So earlier, we used to want to change our minds from work, so we used to watch matches. Now, yeah. we're in football, it might be overwhelming certain times. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, the second thing is that Third thing is, oh, they might every day, you know, just be doing, you know, kind of a boss calls, boss jobs, like calling up people, calling up players, trading players. No, it doesn't happen that way. I mean, yeah, because you, I mean, Jerry Maguire, like like, like that, I mean, like Tom Cruise, like he says he meets players, he fires players, he has managers. No, it doesn't happen that way. I mean, that's just part of it. That's a fictionalized movie. Uh, I mean, of course, if you are a player manager, sometimes you have that thing. But not every day, not every day you're going to be calling up players and like play for this team, play for that team Oh, my player wants the salary, that's all, no. every time we, you would be discussing small issues or players' contact is saying no, when's players' endorsement, all this time. So like at AFC, FIFA, we also do the same thing. I mean, most of the times we're just figuring out how the regulation should be in place, where it should be, where the next event should be, COVID is come. how we need to handle that, you know, like small stuff, how fans are going to be uh where we can like, give them best experience for the fans and it's just like we sitting in cubicles i mean yeah same thing uh it's the only thing at the end is okay fine after the work we might have football session a different session that that could be the only thing but otherwise it's a normal job
0: yeah it's a
1: normal day you go in you talk to your colleagues you talk to your people uh it's not some fancy job where you call up like boss you know <laughs> get me the ticket arrange me that final. You know, I want to watch Ronaldo, I want to watch Messi. No, it doesn't happen. I mean, we <laughs> rarely do that. Even we have to buy tickets. So yeah, I mean that's that's what it is. And that's I mean exactly some people. Well have, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's,
0: yeah. And how is the how is the plight or how is the situation of sports management or legal institutes back here at India? Uh, are they faring well? Are they growing in the intended direction? Are they getting the, uh, you know, the importance and the prominence in the industry so that people who actually want to pursue it see some good future and career in it.
1: Um, yeah, so like, uh, so sports law for now is very niche. Yes, I mean sports management is huge. It's taking strides now. Uh, the ISL is there, IPL is there. So from management perspective, yeah, you have things to do. From sports legal perspective, it's very niche. I mean, still it's a rumor. Still it's a whisper. Even though now there are three or four famous people, but still it's a whisper then uh, as compared to the country's population, as compared to Europe, as compared to different continents or countries for that matter. So yeah, I mean, it's very niche. I would say you would end up taking different work also than sports at the end of it and sometimes sports work also involves like a very generic work like sports broadcasting contracts it would be a normal sometimes corporate contract you know like a sports servicing contract like a stadium contract like hiring a housekeeping in stadiums it's a normal service contract yes you know uh there's nothing sports specific in it so you would ultimately at some point need to rely on you know non sports organizations as well companies as well and given a very niche uh, even sports clubs organizations are not very well inclined to just hire sports lawyer they would still go with the top law firms good law firms you know unless you made your mark and i mean for now i've seen three or four people in india out of the population made the mark in sports law so it's a very small figure i mean it's it's nothing I would say, I, mean, I a thousand people. To rock
0: that rock. There are there is more space for people to make a name space. for themselves, right?
1: Yeah, but I would say the sports industry is also in a very nascent stage. They they also getting mature. The more mature it gets, the more job gets created. Okay. You know, uh, still we don't have the culture back in England, back in US, where sports is treated. Uh, I mean, it's treated like a sector, you know, where everything is done professionally. Still, we do things a lot of like in unprofessional manner. Just like ah, let's do it. I mean, what it's an event, you know, let's do that. Like like marriages, it's not right. an industry.
0: Yes. You know?
1: Yeah. So that's what it is. It's still not professionalized the way it is back in US or UK. It is, and the moment it's getting a bit now. Apart from cricket, you need other sports as well, like badminton, like football, like tennis. And I think it's going there. I mean, the future is, of course, bright. But I would say it will take time. It's not going to happen in the next five or seven years. It's going to take 10, 15 years. But if you keep at it, I think you have a good future in there. Uh, as a sports lawyer also, there's no doubt about it. The future is there. But it's just that you have to be patient. And you have to be willing to accept that At times, if it doesn't work out, you might have to take other work as well. And because that's the nature of industry, it is in. it's not going to change overnight. It won't do it in even two or three or four years. You can't expect people in four years to change the way they're thinking. I mean, clubs have been there for years. yes. years. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I mean, I mean unless you're not open to these conversations, these spectacles aspects of the industry, I mean, you are you're living in your own world, I think it would be difficult for you then. Yeah. And once you're aware of these things, then, yeah, then you go for it, you do for it, because then you are aware of things you're going to be dealing with. And then you at least have in mind that I have to take up other work if it doesn't work out. Yes. Uh, or if it's working out, I still have to take other work as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's why I think, I mean, you shouldn't be living in a fairy land to say that, yeah, fine, I have my own sports law firm. I'm going to be like, what, mm-hmm. manager, I'm going to be a dream It's going to take time. Yeah.
0: But thank you so much for giving us the real deal there. And I'll ask you the one last question is that you found your way to doing something that you like and not many people and not everyone listening to this episode might, right? They might be still looking for what is it that they feel aligned to and want to go back to every Monday and come back from every Friday. What do you have to say to those people?
1: No, I think uh, what worse can happen. I mean, What if you the only thing is I think the word here is try. Try. Just try changing it, you know, try doing it. Uh when I always feel disconnected, I try. Uh and I think if I try honestly, I get it ultimately. I mean, it might take time, it might take six months, a year also. But until I'm trying, uh, I think I go back to sleep, uh sleeping contentfully, peacefully, thinking that I've tried my best. Uh and I mean. Things always don't work out the way you want to be. But that doesn't mean that you won't try. Right. I mean, yeah. And the worst that can happen is you don't get it. I mean, your life doesn't get over with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, me, the end line it. I mean, if I don't try, then maybe I regret it. But if I try, at least I don't regret it. Okay. Because I've tried. Yeah. So that's, that's the deal with me is, I, yeah, if it's something I need, I'll try. Even if I don't get it, at least I have that sense of Contentment with that. I've tried, you know. I've done my best. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, I mean that's that's what I want to say, everyone. That try if you love something, if you think you can be good, maybe if you want to explore, then try. And try uh, while you're working. Also, you can work, have a job, but keep trying on side by side until you get what you want. Uh, and even when you start doing it, you don't feel like it. Nothing worse can happen. I mean, you go back to your own work, the same old job. That's the worst that can happen and that's okay because you're currently, doing, currently you're doing the same thing. So actually nothing is changing there. The only thing is you can go higher. Yeah.
0: That's a beautiful thought. You've got nothing to lose. Upari jai.
1: Yeah, exactly. Upari <laughs> <laughs>
0: That was Akshay for you. And what I learned is that, you know, sports management isn't just about, you know, the wins and the losses. It's a very strategic dance that helps the very heartbeats of the games we love. And remember, like, what I learned was whether you're navigating the boardroom, the locker room, the principles of effective management, they remain universal. So until next time, keep your dreams high, your strategy sharp, and keep asking that timeless question. What do you do? Stay inspired, stay motivated, and keep reaching for the goals that drive you. This is your host Shagun Singh signing off.